BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Podcast. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm having a dog playing with a cat right next to me, so there's probably a little animal noise going on. But I'm at home this week, so uh, laying low, doing some house chores again, and catching up on life. How are you? I'm doing good, just hanging out at the house and... Got a kid who's finally learning to sleep in her bed on her own, which is amazing as a parent and just, you know, enjoying time, working, doing the thing and researching. And I know I say this all the time, but this is my 
favorite part of the week. I love getting to hang out with you. We're starting a little bit earlier this time, which is good. But yeah, you know, been looking forward, especially with this case. I was researching it and I was like, I wonder if Olivia knows about this because it happened in your neck of the woods. And I know that at the time it made national news. So I'm wondering if you've ever heard about it. I have a feeling like your mom or your parents have definitely heard about it, but I'm super excited to get into it and see what you think, because I think you and our listeners are going to have some very opinionated thoughts on this case. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. Just by skimming through this, I don't believe that I know this case, but maybe once you get into the details, I might be like, oh yeah, I've kind of heard of that maybe, but for sure my parents, I mean, I think in you know, this time frame, my mom was about to have my sister. So almost 40 years ago, not to throw my sister's age under the bus, but. Happy birthday, old ass. (laughs) 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 Well, I'm definitely excited to get into it. The whole time I was researching it, I was like, man, this is crazy. There's also some video that we're going to be talking about a little bit later that I did link up in the show notes as well. But it's kind of crazy, and it seems like this story has almost become like folklore in some way. So I'm I'm excited to dive into it. What do you say? Should we just jump in? Yeah, I'm kind of nervous to watch that video, though, because I feel like the last time I watched a video that was in the show notes of my episode, it was the girlfriend who put her boyfriend in the suitcase, and that was very disturbing to watch. So if it's something like that, I might have to skip out. So I will tell you, it is not as disturbing as that. And as we go through... I think you'll be like, okay, I can handle this. Uh, But yes, definitely not anybody putting in anyone in a suitcase or anything of that nature. Okay. Well, let's just jump right in then. All right. Well, this week we are headed to New Orleans in February of 1984. So this would have been right around Mardi Gras of 1984. Gary and June Plochet lived in Baton Rouge with their three sons and their daughter. Now, Gary was the father and he was born in November of 1945. As a young man, he had served in the Air Force and he had earned the rank of staff sergeant. Once he left the military, Gary worked as a heavy equipment salesman. He also worked as a cameraman for the local news station, WBRZ-TV. Are you familiar with that at all? I know you're not in the Baton Rouge area, but I didn't know how far they broadcast out. No, that would be just their broadcast. They might get our news, but we don't get theirs. Okay, gotcha. Now, in Gary's free time, he coached Little League. I mean, he really was like the all-American dad. And him and his family seemed to have a normal and quiet life. But one day, everything would change in an instant. On February 19th, 1984, a man stopped by the Plochers' home. Their 11-year-old son, Jody's karate instructor, Jeff Doucette. Jody had been taking karate classes with Doucette for roughly a year. And he was a frequent visitor at the family's home. Now, Doucette was known for whipping his students into shape. He imposed a daily regimen of 100 push-ups, 300 sit-ups, and a five-mile run. Can I just interject right there and say that that's a lot of work for an 11-year-old? Yeah, and I think it was all about the discipline. You know, if you're going to be in this class, this is what you're going to do. But I definitely agree. I'm like, at 11, you should just be having fun and learning and seeing if it's something that you like. So when you're 15... You can do 100 push-ups, 300 sit-ups, and run five miles. Right. Now, Doucette taught Korean-style karate, and he would often take groups of boys to tournaments. In fact, Jody had won a trophy at the Fort Wayne Pro-Am, a major tournament. And just like the rest of his students, Jody looked up to Doucette. In fact, the children thought of their teacher as a type of best friend. 
And additionally, Gary Plouchet was a big fan of the work that Doucette did. In fact, he had used his connections at the news station to have Doucette featured in a segment. Now, it was around this time that Gary and June, unfortunately, had begun having issues in their marriage. And Gary would eventually move out of the family's home in August of 1983. Also around this time, Doucette began coming around more and more frequently. Now, in the research that I did, Olivia, I couldn't find anything that proved this for certain. But there were rumors that June Plouchet and Doucette had become romantically and physically involved. And according to an archived article from the Washington Post, June felt stifled in her marriage after giving up her career as a promising nightclub singer. In fact, she had been known for her rendition of Ode to Billy Joe. Around the same time, Jody was spending more and more time with Doucette. In fact, he had quit football and basketball to spend more time at the dojo. Now, on February 19, 1984, Jeff Doucette showed up at the house like usual. He asked June if it would be okay if he took Jody for a ride to show him some carpet that he had installed with his brother at a nearby residence. He promised to have the boy back in 15 minutes, and June agreed. But that evening, the family lived their worst nightmare. Doucette never returned Jody to the family home. So before we go any further, what are your initial thoughts? Where do you think this case is heading? Where's your head at? Well, I think he kidnapped Jody, but I don't want to believe that. But something obviously happened. But why? You said he went to get the 11-year-old to look at carpet? Yeah, so Doucette, when he wasn't teaching karate, he made money installing carpet with his brother. And so when he showed up at the house, he said, hey, I'm working you know, at a house nearby I just wanted to take him over, take him for a ride, kind of show him the work that we were doing, and I'll bring him right home. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't get why he would want to take a kid to look at carpet, but that makes more sense. I don't know. I think he kidnapped him, but let's. I'm just going to have to keep going. Well, after several hours, June began calling around trying to find her son. She rang her brother, who was a deputy sheriff. She even drove to Port Arthur, which is on the Texas-Louisiana border, and happened to be Doucette's hometown to try and find Jody. June Plouchet and Jeff Doucette had gone dancing in Port Arthur before, and the pair had even visited Doucette's mother's home. And that is exactly where June headed. Now, when she arrived, Doucette's mother, Elias, said Jeff had been there with the boy, but by that time, they were long gone. And June had no way of knowing, but Doucette and Jody were on a bus heading to California. So your suspicions were definitely correct. He is kidnapping this kid taking him across state lines. But why? That's my next question. And did he only take Jody or did he take other martial arts guys? Well, let's get into it. So Doucette, who normally wore a thick black beard, had shaved down to a bare face. He had also dyed Jody's sandy blonde hair to black in hopes of passing him off as his son. Now, June had no idea where the pair had disappeared to. And after four days, she alerted Jody's father, Gary Plouchet, of his disappearance. Now, Gary wasted no time, and he immediately requested a kidnapping warrant, and the FBI was brought in. So I wanted to pause right there and ask you, because going through this as a parent, if my child disappeared and my wife didn't tell me for four days, I would be losing my mind. So I didn't know if you had a similar thought, what you were thinking, but to me, I was like, that's a crazy amount of time to be like, I don't know where my kid is. Maybe I should tell his dad. 
Yeah, I think that's way too long to not tell the father of your child, even though they're separated, like he needs to be there all boots on the ground, even asking him if he knows where he could have taken him. You know, he might have had a conversation with Doucette that she didn't know about. So definitely not right on her part. But I wonder if there's an ulterior motive to this. Like he's obviously not harming Jody. Well, we're definitely going to get there. We're going to get into motive and stuff like that. But for me, and again, this is just speculation, but the not telling him for four days, Gary and June were only separated at this point. And to me, this kind of put more fuel on the fire of maybe there was some kind of romantic or sexual relationship happening. And that's why she didn't go to him right away. But that's what I was thinking. And again, speculation. I don't know if that's true. But as I was going through the research, that's what kind of jumped out to me. Okay, that makes sense. Now, Olivia, a week passed, no sign of Jody, but then the phone rang. And on the other end of the receiver was the voice of Jeff Doucette. He told June not to mention the kidnapping to anyone. And he also demanded that June bring the rest of her children and their school records to California. Now, using a ruse that the police had suggested, June told Doucette that Jody being taken may cause Gary to get custody of the children. And Doucette told the distraught mother that if Gary Plouchet were in fact to get custody, he would have no problem taking them from him. June continued to play along, but in the background, the police were taping the calls and they were able to trace the number back to the Samoa Motel in Anaheim, California, room 38, just a few blocks away from Disneyland. Now, once they confirmed the location, the FBI moved in quickly and Jeff Doucette was arrested immediately. Jody pleaded to stay with his kidnapper, but was put on a plane back to New Orleans. And on March 1st, Jody was reunited with his family. That's very odd that Jody wants to stay with Doucette. Yeah, I definitely thought so, too. And I think as we continue to go through the story, I think it's going to make more sense by the time we get to the end. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Now, what should have been a moment of celebration was overshadowed by a dark cloud. Jody Plochet had been sexually abused by Jeff Doucette. And as the police interviewed Jody's kidnapper, they learned more about his past. Doucette grew up on the wrong side of Port Arthur. He was one of seven children born to a service station owner. When he was a child, his sister was killed by a rattlesnake bite. They also learned that Doucette was molested several times as a kid, and in his 20s, he began to do the same thing to other children. In fact, He shared the details of what he had done to Jody with Baton Rouge deputies outside the Orange County Courthouse. 
Doucette also confessed to molesting other boys in the Baton Rouge area. And Jody's abuse had been happening for quite some time. One day, Doucette asked which of his students wanted to learn to drive. And Jody immediately volunteered. And soon, he was in Doucette's car sitting on his lap. Suddenly, Doucette's hands were in his lap. And in the research that I did, Olivia, as an adult, Jody recalls being like, oh, was that a mistake? Was it an accident? This person wouldn't hurt me. But really, it's the first step of grooming. It's like seeing, okay, where are the boundaries? Can I push it? If I do this, what's the pushback I'm going to get? Right, right. During practice, when Doucette would send other boys to a local convenience store for snacks, he would keep Jody behind, telling him that he needed extra work. Doucette would have Jody stretch. And during these exercises, Doucette would grow him inappropriately. Now, keep in mind, Jody had been attending Doucette's karate classes for a year at this point. And that just broke my heart. As I was going through the the research, I'm like, this kid has been in this guy's class for a year. He was targeted pretty quickly after attending and he's been going through a year of sexual abuse. And it was just so sad. Now, Baton Rouge Sheriff Mike Barnett was friendly with Gary Plouchet, and the pair had known each other for most of their lives. And Barnett had the unfortunate task of telling Gary what had happened to his son. And expectedly, Gary was horrified. And it was then that he made a decision in his mind. He began visiting a local bar, one where the WBRZ news executive would frequent. Gary would sit only a couple of seats away, secretly listening to conversations. And on March 16, 1984, Gary heard exactly what he was listening for. Jeff Doucette was being flown back to Baton Rouge and his plane would land at 9.08. Gary got up and immediately headed to the airport. Once there, he sat in the restaurant and enjoyed a cup of coffee. He then headed to the bar where he drank a Strohs. Calmly, he strolled around the lobby and checked for flight times. Gary then made his way to a bank of payphones and he called a friend. Now, at this time, Jeff Doucette's flight had landed and he was in handcuffs being walked from the gate by Sheriff Mike Barnett. Film crews from WBRZ were on the scene filming the kidnapper's arrival. And as Doucette walked past the bank of payphones, Plouchet slammed down the receiver and drew a pistol. Then a shot rang out. Gary Plouchet had shot Jeff Doucette in the head. Barnett immediately tackled his old friend shouting, son of a bitch, why Gary, why'd you do it? Plouchet responded, if somebody did it to your kid, you'd do it too. But most surprisingly, the entire ordeal was caught on camera by the local news station. Now, before we go any further, Olivia, what are your thoughts? Where's your head? Just want to know what you're thinking as we continue to go on. Yeah, this is sounding oddly familiar to the case that I did from Germany. Very similar. I was thinking the same thing. And I think as we go through, you're going to notice some more similarities. But when he responded, if somebody did it to your kid, you do it too. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're not Heck wrong, yeah. dude. <laughs> you're not wrong. Right. All right. Keep going. Now, Gary Plochet was arrested on the spot and Jeff Doucette would die from his injury the following day. It was at that point that Gary was charged with second degree murder. But Gary wouldn't spend more than a weekend in jail. His attorney was able to get him moved to a psychiatric hospital, and she argued that he was a distraught father driven mad by learning of his son's abuse. And in the community, Gary became a type of hero. In fact, a defense fund was set up for him by a local bank, 
and a jambalaya supper was thrown by friends to gather money and rally support. To parents, Gary did what they believed they would do if someone sexually assaulted their child, which it was really hard for me to not relate to him. Well, if you happen to do that in the state of Louisiana, they will for sure do a fundraiser with some sort of jambalaya, bread, beans, and rice fundraiser. It's the crawfish killer jambalaya dinner. Come on down. <laughs> We're drinking wine in cemeteries. Y'all want to come? <laughs> so. No, that's where we kiss boys. <laughs> Now, as the trial began in 1985, eight months after the shooting of Doucette, it made national headlines. Gary Plochet pled no contest and was able to have the charge reduced from second-degree murder to manslaughter. However, this charge still carried a possibility of up to 21 years in prison. His defense team laid out the history of Doucette's grooming tactics to the jury, highlighting the methodical way in which he took advantage of young Jody. They argue that learning about this drove Plochet into a psychotic state and that in the moment, he didn't know right from wrong. But the Doucette family and their attorney pushed back on these claims. They argue that Jeff Doucette did not assault any children and claimed that the shooting was revenge for sleeping with June Plochet. And neighbors said Doucette would take their kids for burgers and never had any issues or suspicions. Until they sit down and talk to them and ask them about it. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, just because you don't have any suspicion? I mean, obviously, June and Gary didn't have any suspicion either, and this went on for a year, you know? Right. But not surprisingly, in the court of public opinion, Gary Plouchet had already been acquitted, and when it came time for the judge to sentence him, that was very obvious. Judge Frank Saya sentenced Gary Plouchet to five years probation and 300 hours of community service. Judge Sayas said that the case was a tragedy on both sides as each had victims, but he believed that Plouchet would be no further danger to the community. Now, Jody Plouchet would go on to live a life dedicated to helping others. Jody has worked in the field of violence prevention since 1995, and while attending Louisiana State University, he served on the executive board of Men Against Violence. This is an organization aimed at preventing campus violence, including sexual assault and other physical violence. For seven years, Jody worked at Victim Services Center of Montgomery County, a comprehensive crime victim center in Norristown, Pennsylvania. There, he worked as a counselor and prevention specialist before becoming the supervisor of their community education programs. He also served on the statewide Men Against Sexual Violence Committee. And in 2004, he was named the Survivor slash Activist of the Year by the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency. Now, eventually, Jody would write a book titled Why Gary Why that outlined his experience in his own words. It was also named after what Mike Barnett, the Baton Rouge County Sheriff, asked Gary after shooting Jeff Doucette. In it, he shared that as a child, he was actually mad at his father for killing Jeff Doucette. He recalls not wanting Doucette dead, but wanting him to stop. But as he grew up, his opinions changed. In an interview with ESPN, Jody said, It's not right to take someone's life, but when someone's that bad a person, it doesn't bother you much in the long run. Now, shortly after his sentencing, Gary Plouchet, his life seemed to return to normal. In fact, he completed most of his community service hours mowing the lawn at his church. And in pop culture, Gary continues to be a type of anti-hero. But to his family, he was always the kind and loving man who loved a good joke, crawfish, and a cold beer. 
Sadly, Gary Plouchet would die of a stroke on October 20th, 2014. So that's this week's case, Olivia. Like I said, I'm really interested to pick your brain, see what you think. Was he justified? What do you got? Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, I think he did what any father would have done. I don't know that I fault Gary. I don't think what he did was right. He shouldn't have murdered somebody, but I do think he was acting out of rage and trying to stop someone who harmed his child for so long. I definitely agree. As a father, why I would like to hope that I'm not the kind of person who would be able to kill someone. I definitely understood it in that moment because I'm telling you, I've taken my kid to the splash pad and another kid has run into her, knocked her over. And I'm like, I want to kill that kid. Like, you know, like not really, but you're like, where yeah. are the parents? Like, I want to like kill the parents for not. You protect your child. Yes. And that's on like a little kids running around a water park level. Not someone has kidnapped my child. And then I find out that they've been sexually abusing them for a year. So much so that Jody thinks that there's nothing really wrong with what Doucette was doing to him. His little 11 year old brain didn't think that he was mad at his dad for killing him. Like that tells you how long this has been going on and the trust level that was gained um, with Doucette and Jody. Yeah. And I definitely agree. And I think that answers your question as to like, why did he want to stay with him? It's because he had been groomed and this behavior was what he knew of this relationship. You know what I mean? Right. And that's something that these sexual predators will do to children is they will make it seem like, Hey, like we're just, we're buddies and this is what buddies do. And I'm going to take you to do all this cool stuff. You know, I'll take you to Disneyland and what, you know what I mean? And when you're that age, you don't realize that that's manipulation, that that's grooming, that that's, you know, like I said, it is so easy for me to empathize with Gary as a father. And I was talking to Kara about this when I was researching, she was like, oh yeah, that would be me. I said, well, you know, do it in Louisiana because apparently you get 300 hours community service. (laughs) Make sure y'all are visiting me when this happens. But the video that I was telling you about that's on YouTube that I've linked up in the show notes is Gary at the payphone bank and walking by and he shoots him in that. And you see Mike Barnett come out and tackle him. And and if you do want to watch it, you do have to put in like your your age, like sign into your YouTube account to make sure you're of, of age to watch it. But okay, it just happens so quick. You know, and he's got a baseball hat on and sunglasses and they just didn't recognize him, which I thought was definitely crazy because Mike Barnett has known him for years. You know, so it's speaking to Gary was like, I'm just going to lay low in the cut. And as soon as he walks by, like he was ready to go, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm about to watch this video. So we just watched that video. That's a lot. I mean, you see him standing there and he just shoots him square in the head. I mean, it's not as gory as it sounds, but you can't see that. But that's what it seems is what happened. Well, it's just crazy because in the first pass, when you watch it happen, it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell like what happened or What's who happening. did what. Yeah. But as soon as they slow him down, you can see him take the gun out of his boot. Also, I was like, it's crazy to think of a time where you could go to an airport Walk with in, a gun. go to the restaurant, get a beer, have a gun on you. Right. You know what I mean? And be really, mm-hmm. come on in, Gary, you know? So. Well, this was a doozy. This one I'm going to put about a six. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if we're putting on the deadbolt test. Deadbolt. So you're, yeah. You're coming in with a six. six. Yeah. Talk to me about why. You know, I think it's just, you know, anytime we talk mostly about anybody that's been sexually assaulted, I feel like it always comes down to someone that they know. 
And I feel like you hear that all throughout the news these days, that it usually starts with someone that's close to the family. And then I wonder if he even really liked June and if or if there was really a relationship with June Lochet, so that way she he could get closer to Jody. You know, like then I start wondering about that. And those are answers that we'll never have. But, you know, I, I mean, I think he did what any father who was mad would have done. I mean, I don't think any father would do that, but I think he acted out of protecting his child. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it reminded me a lot of, are you familiar with like the abducted in plain sight, like friend I, of the family? I didn't watch that all the way, but I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing where I think his name was Robert Birchtoll, if I'm if I remember correctly. But he was engaging in sexual activity with the mom and the dad to have like leverage over them so he could get to the kid. And it gave me a very similar vibe. Maybe I'm not super attracted to the mom or I'm not. But if, you know, being close with the mom gets me access, being close to the kid, you know, and it's just crazy to think that somebody's mind would operate like that. Yeah. Where are you going to put it? Oh, dude, for me, this is a 10 thinking about because it's exactly what you said. You know, we hear the whole like stranger danger. Don't take candies from strangers and, you know, stuff like that. But in reality, it's people who are close to you. And it's people who you should be able to trust that end up doing these things statistically. That is a terrifying thought, you know. And luckily, I feel like in in my life and in our family's life, we're very careful about who we allow access to our child and the amount of time that they spend. Right. And it very much is like a very limited circle. At the end of the day, you just still don't know, you know. And so this is an absolute 10 for me as far as something happened to my kid. And then. I get the folk hero status. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not mad at this guy. Like, you know, I could see why you would want to do it. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's episode. But as always, we want to know, where does the abduction of Jody Plochet fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at CheckTheLocksPod. Find us on Twitter at CheckTheLocks. We're also on Threads now, which is a brand new social media platform. It's supposed to be a rival to Twitter. We're over there threading or threading, whatever it is. But if you're on threads, you can find us there too. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you. Olivia, this case was super interesting. It was heartbreaking. It was just a million different feelings in one. I need something to get these thoughts out of my head. Do you have a five-star review for us? Yeah, this week we're going way back. Um, I found a five-star review off our website going way back to another Baton Rouge case with Derek Todd Lee from Misty Baker. And she said, it's an awesome pod. I grew up in Baton Rouge, and during that time, it was very scary to be a woman. I was about 25-ish. We didn't go anywhere alone. Even at work, our boss got us all pepper spray, and we always had the doors locked. So thank you, Misty Baker. And yeah, my sister didn't get to go to the college she wanted to because of the Baton Rouge serial killer. We weren't allowed to, she wasn't allowed to go that far. And I remember you talking about that in that episode. And that is like one of our very first episodes. So Misty, thank you so much for checking out the show. Thank you for sharing your personal connection with the case. It's always awesome to hear, you know, from people who were in the area at that time. And it really gives us a sense of what the effect was on the community. So really appreciate you sharing. Really appreciate you leaving that review. We would love to send you some goodies. You can reach out to us again, Instagram, check the locks pod, find us on Twitter, check the locks, hit us up on threads. Apparently, if you're on our Facebook group, you can let us know there. And if you're not a social person, head over to checkthelockspod.com, click that email button, send us an email. We would absolutely love to hear from you and get you some gifts out. 
Olivia, if somebody wants to have their five-star review read on the podcast, what's the best way to do that? They need to go to the Apple Podcast app, go to our show's homepage, scroll all the way down where you see all five stars, click all five of those beautiful purple stars, and leave us a little review and tell us what you like. Or, John, they can also leave us a voicemail because we haven't had a voicemail in a long, long time. And I think we're due for one. Yeah. And, you know, we do have a lot of new members in the Facebook group. So if you are new to the group, if you're just checking out the show, head over to checkthelogspod.com. Click the microphone in the bottom right hand corner. You can leave us a voicemail about 120 seconds. Put in your email. Send it over to us. We'd love to have it to play it on the show. We love hearing your voices. We want to know what you sound like, what you think. So it'd be absolutely awesome to, to get those from you. And just like Olivia said, leave those reviews. There is a link in the show notes of this episode. It will take you there. It's a cheat code. Those reviews help us to get into other shows recommendations. They help new listeners find the show and really help us to grow, build our family. It's all grassroots. That's exactly what we're trying to do is to get in front of as many people as we can. And just like we talk about every week, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Get signed up today. Lots of cool tiers. We got exclusive coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, all sorts of stuff for being a patron. You can only get it there. Plus you get the episodes early and ad free. So if you are one of our patrons, we really do hope that you're enjoying those episodes Been trying to get them up there nice and early for you. And thank you for your support. Thank you for backing what we do and believing in this podcast. It means the world. And if you would like to join those patrons, head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks, get signed up today. And if you cannot financially support check the locks, we definitely understand just listening and hanging out with us every week means just as much, if not more. Like I said earlier, it is all about grassroots growth. So if you're listening to the show, you're sharing it with your friends and family, you're letting them know what we do. Just know from the bottom of our hearts. Again, we appreciate that more than we could ever tell you. That is going to help us grow that's going to help us find new listeners and again just extend our family so if that is you again a heartfelt thank you we appreciate it more than we could ever tell you that is all that we have for this week's case but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode we will see you again next week with a brand new truly terrifying true crime case but until then don't forget to check the locks see you next week adios goodness no chance (laughs) BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.